Hello friends, and welcome to episode 6 of Holy Shift. And this one is about patience. Speaking of patience, uh, my neighbor seems to have adopted or rescued a whole flock of canaries or a really noisy type of bird and uh, in the spirit of loving thy neighbor I am having to exercise quite a bit of patience in picking a time to record this podcast so if you hear some birds in the background that is my benevolent neighbor and his joyful flock of birds either way I want to remind you that uh, I've started this Facebook page uh, Holy Shift so, so Facebook backslash a Holy Shift and I upload the podcast there I'd love to get your views on there or comments or uh, requests for that matter and uh, podcast will also be available on the various platforms that exist for for downloading podcasts and from the Facebook page you can send me an email if you have any thoughts or things you'd like to chat about that would be great so the fruits of the spirit is an interesting an interesting passage it's one that I have heard many times before to put it into into practice and to almost measure yourself against these things has has become quite a difficult task uh, is quite a quite a difficult task because it almost seems like you can't you'd probably never get it get it right but it's interesting uh, the fruits of the spirit uh, is well documented in Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23 says there but the fruits of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control and against such things there is no law and i mean it's just all the things it's all the things you want to look for in a spouse right it's all the things you want to look for in a friend it's all the things we want the world to treat us with um, but sometimes it's all the things that are easily overlooked in our own lives and the real question here is how how do we get to uh, build these uh, capabilities in our Christian walk how do we do this and uh, fortunately God has has given us an answer by telling us that, that He is the true vine and that we are the branches and that we can do nothing apart from Him. And so the key there, uh, when we read Fruits of the Spirit and how it is we are to bear this fruit, is to remain plugged into the vine. It's to remain uh, in pursuit of of his kingdom 
Uh, and if we center our lives uh, in, in that, fully grafted into the vine, then the fruit of the Spirit will be a natural outflow of our, of our Christian journeys. Uh, as, we, as we turn to God to, uh, to interact with the world. And so, um, in today's podcast, I want to talk about this idea of patience. Now, the challenge, I guess, is the pace of our world today is in deep conflict with patience. Uh, everything is immediate. I remember we, my wife and I were in Disney World, and... In Disney World, they have a, a thing called a fast pass, which allows you to <laughs> it allows you to skip the line. You know, everybody's waiting in line to go on whatever ride. The fast pass allows you to, for a couple of rides, uh, skip the line if you are if you are too impatient. Um, and I make light of it. I know that you know the. It's it's perhaps just just telling of how convenient life has become and how little we have to rely on just just patience in everyday things. How much more then um, would we struggle to to tap into uh, patience when it comes to our spouse or situations at work that don't change or dare I say a desire to have children and it's it's taking longer than expected um, but God says that you know the fruit of the spirit these things are available to us uh, and they'll they'll be the mark of those people who bear his name and bear his name so there's a passage that uh, deals well with uh, patience, and I want to extract four principles, four principles out of that. And just before we turn to that passage, I thought about, you know, people often get described as having a short fuse. You know, being impatient, I guess, quick to anger, and. Uh, you know, when I was when I was a young boy, we would often play with with uh, fireworks, firecrackers, and they always had short fuses. So you have to you light it, and literally within two or three seconds, you have to throw it wherever you're aiming, uh, because it has a short fuse. In the absence of that, it will explode and cause some level of injury. But something with a long fuse, slow to anger. A patient existence allows for time to diffuse the situation before the explosion. And I think patience is a little bit like that. Uh, it just allows you to to breathe, to take it in, and to then kind of live a considered life, um, having having some confidence in the next 
step to take. So the passage I want to share with you today comes from James chapter 5, it's verses 7 to 11. And it says, Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the Master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The Master could arrive at any time. Friends, don't complain about each other. A far greater complaint could be lodged against you, you know. The judge is standing just around the corner. So take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything, went through everything, and never once quit all the time honoring God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power, and you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares, cares right down to the last detail. So that passage, James 5, verse 7 to 11, I read out of the message um, Bible. So I think there's four, four things that we can extract from here. Um, four situations, I guess, where God calls us to be patient. And the first of those is to have patience when we have no control. And farming is an excellent example of this. So he says, meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. And uh, this is a a tricky, tricky thing, right? Um, because in situations where we have no control it's like when you uh, wait for uh, for God to send you or for you to find a spouse that could be a a, it's a long journey it's often a um, confusing journey And very hard to be patient. You have no actual control over that. People who wait for the rain, dependent on the rain. Um, you know, in today's time, we have sophisticated irrigation. Um, we believe we've introduced some level of control. But when this passage was written, it was speaking to the very heart, uh, the very core of that society. They said, it is God makes it rain. And um, if you try and intervene in this process too soon or too early, then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll mess up the harvest. And so patience here in situations that you cannot control 
the very essence of that is believing that we have as our, our, our heavenly father a good good father one who uh, who whose plans exist to prosper us not to harm us a father who loves us cares about us down to the even this passage says right down to the last detail and so situations we can't control is the perfect opportunity to surrender it to God in acknowledgement of his sovereignty and the fact that remember he knows what lays ahead in the future what happened in the past and where you are right now he knows it all and so what better place to lay your circumstances particularly those we have no control at God's feet and say I will wait for you. The second part of this passage uh, I think reminds us to be patient with one another. So verse 9 says friends don't complain about each other because (laughs) A far, a far greater complaint could be lodged against you, you know. The judge is standing around the corner. And uh, I think the perspective here for us is to, to consider and weigh up how patient God has been and is with us. If we start grasping uh, that, it makes our um, everyday patience with our friends, our colleagues, uh, society, government, a little simpler. Because we understand that you know, we have these expectations of, of society, of friends, of colleagues. Uh, and we get frustrated by the process or when the outcomes are not as expedient as we need them to be or efficient as we need them to be. God also looks at us and says, but I, I've given you everything to live your life surrendered to me. It's all there. It's all clear. I sent my son, I died for you to have this message. And how much longer will it take for you to grasp that life, true life, sits in me, in your surrender of the kingdom you're building to my kingdom? And day by day by day by day, I believe that God gracefully walks alongside us and watches us patiently trying to get this right and often failing dismally just saying i i've got you i've got you i'm walking this journey with you i understand it's a process um so let me let me help you let me teach you 
as we go along here. And so this verse is saying to us when we deal with our friends and our colleagues and our bird-loving neighbors uh, to, to exercise patience. And we can easily do this when we start understanding how patient our Heavenly Father is with us. How patient He is with us. Compare the extent to which uh, He's patient with us, the extent to which we've been forgiven. It allows us to live from that truth. Uh, by comparison, extend the same patience, forgiveness, love to our friends, our colleagues, our neighbors. The third takeaway for me here was to exercise patience with God. And in verse 10, he says, take the old prophets as your mentors. So learn from them. They put up with anything and they went through everything and they never once quit all the time honoring God what a gift life is to those who stay the course Phew. if you think back of this there are probably countless examples but um, yeah, Abraham was I think 75 when he prayed for a a son or pray, prayed for a child and I think he only had a son at 99 he's 99 well he was well actually he was 75 when God made him the promise to say he'll be the father of many nations and you know 20 <laughs> 24 years later he has a son and 24 years later um Moses, uh, I mean Moses' whole journey with the Israelites, what was a 40-day journey to the Promised Land, took 40 years. 40 years. A really good, a really good example uh, from Scripture is David. David was in this battle with Saul. Saul being the king at the time, uh, and the people loving Saul, but loving David just just that little bit more. So Saul, uh, deeply jealous of David, sets out, collects about 3,000 men, and chases David, having heard that he's in the wilderness. Chases him uh, in, in an attempt to, to kill him. And the scripture speaks about how uh, Saul... Somewhere, somewhere on this journey, this chase in the wilderness, takes a break. And uh, the Bible actually says he walks into a cave to relieve himself. To take a pee, I guess. And uh, as he's in this cave, he, he so happens to walk into the very same cave where David at the time with his men is hiding from Saul. They're in the same cave. Saul has no idea. David sees him, crawls up to Saul, uh, and is encouraged by his friends, saying, clearly, 
David, this is the day that the Lord has delivered Saul into your hands. Because David knows, and he was made this promise, that he would be king. And he sees this opportunity, knowing that he has to keep running for his life, uh, to finally take Saul's life, and to become the king that God has already promised him to be. His friends are encouraging him, hey, this is the right thing to do here. This is God's will for you. And so David crawls up to Saul. And uh, probably somewhere between setting out to kill him and getting right up and close to him, David remembers that we are to wait patiently for God to do what he said he would do. And so David, instead of killing Saul, he cuts off a piece of his uh, garment or his... his um, his cloak or robe, I think. Um, and Saul walks out the cave and David emerges from this cave. And you can imagine the scene where he shouts to Saul. In fact, I think he actually he uh, bows on one knee and he says, he addresses Saul as his king, saying to him, I could have killed you, but I didn't because I'm waiting the Lord to do what he said he'll do and who am I to interfere with what the Lord has put in place if you are king you are king because God put you there and my time will come I'm waiting on God and uh, obviously all the men and Saul himself looks at the situation and just figures how you know you I think Saul says to David you are a better man than what I am and that story is just, it's so powerful to think there are some things God is saying, just, just let me, let me work through this with you. I'm sovereign over all things. I love you. And so keep, keep, keep searching my will keep living in step with me and if you do that I will bring to fruition what it is I have spoken over you promised you etc but it will take patience my time is not your time and uh, we know how that worked out for David David did become king um, and was in fact a man after God's own heart. So the third takeaway is patience with God. And then the last one, which is probably the most difficult one, is patience in suffering. So from this passage it speaks about, you've heard of course, of, jo of Job's staying power. And you know how God brought it all together for him in the end. That's because, because God cares. He cares right down to the last detail so job uh referenced here i mean he, he has a man who has everything and wives and children and just stuff and in a very short space of time all of that gets taken away from him 
his children die, he has no more uh, wealth, he's sort of left on a heap somewhere, uh, disease-ridden, and uh, no doubt challenging God in conversation. Where are you? What is going on? But never losing sight of the fact that God is sovereign over all. My life, my very existence, is in His hands and comes from Him and is provided by Him. By him. And so Job, going through this process, wrestling with God, but at the same time, the, the base note of his existence through this whole trial, despite what his friends tell him and uh, you know, try and convince him of stuff that he's done wrong, or that God somehow being unfair, God reminds him uh, that he's got he's got the whole world in his in his hands, you know? and so Job remains faithful and patiently waiting on God to sort out what's going on to take him through this process, and then Job is restored and given uh, more than what he what he had in the first place. And so I guess it's easy to say be patient in your suffering. Uh, be patient in your suffering. But uh, this is really difficult. We had a sermon uh, a week or two ago and it spoke about how some things in life are trials some things in life are temptations and when you go through trials which may seem like suffering you know the world is difficult some things against me i'm not breaking through uh, that god calls us to maximize those trials that suffering is there to grow perseverance and character and dare i say to develop fruit of the spirit within you within us and so when it's a trial take it on maximize it learn everything you can god will bring you through it and you will be richer for it uh, the opposite side of course is temptations where we we get drawn away from god's perfect will and plan for our lives and we entertain stuff that is uh, about self not surrender to god but being patient in suffering is to say god i know you are you are developing something in me and something that i will need in the future something that i need to pass on to somebody else something that's part of your ultimate will and plan for me my existence and your overarching plan for humanity and so i will wait until this has come to fruition even though it's hard i'll draw on you and he reminds us that it is the joy of the lord that is our strength in these in those moments, those times of suffering. But joy, that's another fruit of the Spirit. We'll deal with that 
we'll deal with that in the next podcast. But uh, what's important for me, uh, and it's been it's been very clear these last couple of months in my own family, is that God's plan is to make us more like Jesus. It's not to keep us from suffering. You know, signing up to be a Christian is not about uh, how do I get to avoid all suffering. The world is a fallen place. There is suffering here. Christian or no Christian, there is suffering. God's plan is to make us more like Jesus amidst all of that suffering. And uh, he reminds us here, learn from people like Job. See his patience and perseverance through suffering, through trials. I will bring you through this because I love you and I'm a good, good father. And so there you have it, friends. I think patience or I think the fruits of the Spirit, if you, if you piece them all together, these nine things um, there is there's just room and space here for us to keep considering our day-to-day life and how it is we interact with each other with the world with God uh, that we can learn from all of this and the heart of it is to remain plugged into and crafted into the vine so that we may bear Uh, much fruit and so let me pray for us Father we thank you that you are the true vine and that we, we acknowledge that we can do nothing aside from you thank you that if we're plugged into you you will teach us how to bear much fruit of love, peace, faithfulness, joy, goodness, gentleness, patience, self-control, and kindness. And uh, Lord, we want these. We want these things, these qualities. These are the things that um, we want to be known for. But it's hard, Lord, when we have no control to be patient. It's hard to be patient with one another in relationships, in marriage, in friendships, uh, our situations at work, to surrender this to you. Um, It sometimes, Lord, is hard to be patient with you, with your plan, and to understand when are you coming to get us? And when will it be made right? And then finally, Lord, to be patient in suffering. So many people go through so many things that are very, very difficult. And Lord, I pray that you will teach us how to exercise patience amidst those trials, to maximize them, to learn what it is we can learn so that we may bear more fruit. And that so, so that our characters will be shaped 
to be more like Jesus. Lord, thank you that you are a good, good Father and that you love us so much that you sent your Son to die on a cross for us. Pray that you will help us bear much fruit, Lord, as we continue our journey in this. Thank you.